got the Ballers Edition podcast. Not sure what episode number we're on, but I know we've gotten into it a little bit. Um, it is currently April 10th, 2022. We're in the last days of the NBA, and yeah, where playoffs are about to start. But also what took place this weekend was uh, Nike YBL. Okay. So the first session of Nike YBL started to, uh, started this weekend on the 8th. And I'm watching, I started watching a little bit of the games, got a, one of the youngsters playing in it. So I kind of wanted to take him in, right? Proud of the kid. So I'm watching and I thought to myself watching these kids because Nike YBL teams are usually all-star teams from their local areas. Yeah. And actually, can I just interject? Yeah. When you say EYBL, are you talking about down here in Toronto where we are? Or? No, 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 I'm talking about in America. So the Nike Nike EYBL circuit, uh, the elite youth basketball league. And they're televised now? Like they're they're actually showing them and streaming them? Televised. It's it's weird because I kind of wanted to look into it a little bit. It's streamed, so you can stream it, so you can go and watch, and you can see what's happening live on each court. Okay. And so they stream it through Twitch, through the EYBL oh, website, okay. right? I was like, okay. I wonder, like, I wondered to myself, I'm like, why didn't they just do it through YouTube? There must be something there. I'm thinking Ooh. Twitch is mainly for video games and things like that. But I was I thinking, see. like, young people, video exactly. game streaming, Twitch. There's something there. I don't quite understand, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I, I was I was watching and I was saying to myself, looking at these young kids, uh, I, I wonder, because the good thing about EYBL, it gets you massive exposure. Especially when you get to what they call the Peach Jam tournament at the end of the summer, which is like the the EYBL playoffs. Okay. And the Peach Jam is where you'll see the the highest the highest rated coaches in America. Coaches from Kansas, coaches from Duke. You know what I mean? Uh, Shashevsky. You know everybody's gonna be there in that in that venue, right? So yeah, yeah. you get major exposure from being a part of this EYBL. And so when I'm watching and I'm saying to myself as a young person as a young kid playing basketball how do you separate the idea where you're there to get exposure but you're also trying to win a basketball game (laughs) um i mean you know i think that comes down to the coaches and the preparation you know what i mean because honestly if you really are the guy it's gonna show just so naturally like it's funny because i watch players in the league like LaMelo where I watch John Morant and these guys and I'm like man like even though they might be doing the same basic things that other players are doing there's just something about them that they stand out no matter what there's a there's a flair and there's just personality to their game so I think the worst thing you can do is overdo it or or, or reach too far the best thing you could do is show that you can play within a team structure but still be able to add your little flair to it you know what i mean i think that's the the balance that you have to strive for yeah so so in watching it like i'm seeing these kids come down in situations where i'm like okay you 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 have an opportunity here you have an open man on the wing right Mm -hmm. so you have one guy flying to the corner you're coming down the the middle of the floor and then there's two guys backpedaling with you what do you do normally you probably kick the ball you know I mean? <laughs> but the, the, yeah. the person would decide to take it amongst two defenders to try to make the play yeah. himself. And I'm saying to myself, what is what is this causing? What is it doing? Why why would you do that? And it's like 
he's trying to rightly so get exposure yeah. to get to the next level. He's trying to get to college to play college basketball. That's a free education, four year education. And if you you develop there, you have the possibility of moving on to the next phase of basketball as a career, right? Absolutely. So there's there's a lot riding on, you know what I mean, how you play. And I'm and I'm saying to myself with these kids, it's like, wow, that's the thing that they're finding hard to deal with. Is that how do you then take away the idea like, okay, just play the, the game properly and win the game? Yeah. You know what I mean? Versus you got to get yours and get your buckets and get your numbers to get your name out there to make all-star teams, to be in this event, to get to the ranking list, to then make it. You know what I yeah. mean? And and yeah. a lot of times when I'm watching it, I'm like, it just looks like 12 separate players on the court. I don't see a team. Of course. Of course. Uh, um, I mean, I'll say this. Because of the era that we're living in, I think – there's an opportunity for coaches like the Shashevskis and the, you know, the Calipari's and these other high level coaches to do the interviews or take moments out of their day to just explain probably through YouTube or whatever platforms to help the kids understand what they're really looking for and what being a professional or a college level player is really like and what they're looking for when they come out to these places to watch these kids so that, the kids have an, an idea and an understanding of what they're looking for because if they don't, then, yeah, it turns into, you know, little children who are trying to get the attention of their parents. You know what I mean? And mm. it's look at me, look at me, and you break things or you make a whole bunch of noise and then you almost get yourself in trouble, but all you really wanted was some attention. So, you know, I think in a moment like this is an opportunity to teach and educate. And, the players that play the best and the players that make it a lot of times are the guys that are being given these tidbits of wisdom, you know, and are being, you know, coached the right way and, and groomed to really be the types of players that coaches are looking for. There's probably only one to two players per team that are like the superstar yeah. globe charterish type of player. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. All the other guys are guys that they need to be able to trust and that they know what they're going to get from those guys possession after possession. You know what I mean? Like these high risk, high reward players, they're not that desirable for a coach that's running a program realistically. You know what I mean? And I think that's the, that's the hard thing that these young players are going to have to accept and, and understand. And I don't know. I think I think of Michael Jordan again, like, I just always go back to him, you know, because I think about to come fly with me, documentaries and how how much Jordan didn't even know how good he really was you know what I mean like he really just was out there to do what the coach asked him to do and then his natural gifts showed just in the situations that he was in you know what I mean like and and you could see that even when you're watching him and everyone could as well and then eventually they were like hey man this kid has a great attitude he listens and he has a high ceiling let's invest more into this guy. You know what I mean? Instead of them, we got to calm this kid down. It's funny. I'll say this. I was in the gym today doing some training and uh, I was training a young lady and we were going through some stuff and there was a young guy on the court um, beside us and he's playing and he's just, you could tell he had talent, but he's just all over the place. Like guys bumping into me, he's shooting fadeaways and, and flying into the corner. And I'm like, he's, talented but he has no control 
Right. He has no understanding of being able to dictate and, and make things happen in the, in the right way. He's trying to do it all in one possession. You know right. what I mean? And I just think that sometimes it just takes somebody who knows to help these guys to know that it doesn't actually make you look good. It makes you look worse. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You know? It, it's funny. Me and my brother were having this conversation today actually about coaches in the league. Mm-hmm. And we're going over like who we think the best coaches are and all of that kind of stuff. And I was kind of, I, I always take unpopular takes when it, with, a, with a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And for me, I was saying to him, I think, um, not that he's not a gr- great coach, but I think he's had, to me, as a coach, the easiest route, which is mm-hmm. Greg Popovich. Really? Yeah. I, I when, when I, I, I say to him, I'm like, there's coaches that have harder jobs coaching personalities. You know what I mean? There's certain mm-hmm. individuals, like if you thought about it as a coach, there's certain personality types that you would rather coach or deal with versus the type of talented player. Like if I said to you, who would you rather coach, LeBron or Steph? Me? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm probably gonna depending on the time in their careers, but most likely Curry. You know, I I, I would say Curry too, just from a coaching standpoint, because I I feel like Curry would be more receptive or open to to coaches' criticisms or instructions, right? Mm-hmm. So when I thought of Popovich, I was saying Popovich had the luck of having his superstar players being some of the most humble, down to earth type of guys who follow instructions, right? And then the team can be built out from there. He wasn't dealing with massive personalities and egos. He wasn't dealing with guys that were thinking about endorsement deals. You know what I mean? Thinking about their legacy, thinking about their numbers, thinking about all of those things, right? And so it drove the team a certain way when a coach can talk to his star player in a certain way to get the best out of him, which would then in turn get the best out of the role players, right? Uh So I was like, this is where I think Popovich has had an easier route. I think Spolstra has had a harder route than Popovich has. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I feel you. And then I think of like greatness. I'm like, what Phil Jackson had to deal with. You know what I mean? That's well, it's a- funny you say that because a lot of people think Phil had the easiest of jobs. Uh, yeah. And I'm like, right? Just based on the talent level. But I'm like, yeah. meshing those personalities, meshing those egos, meshing... I was saying to yeah. him, like, imagine getting Michael Jordan after scoring 37 a game, winning the scoring title, defensive player of the year, all of those accolades, right? You now have the best player in the world, and he's young, right? And he's yeah, taking man. this team from the basement to they're, they're competing, and you're going to tell him, we're going to take the ball out of your hands a little bit more. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you think of yeah. coaches that would never even think or dare to do something like that or have the Absolutely. balls to because – to be able to do that, that guy has enough power based on what he's done in the game to turn around and say, nah, I'm not doing yeah, that, no, no. and you got to yeah. go. <laughs> you know what I well, mean? Well, if, well, D- Doug Collins was there prior to Phil, right? And Correct. what people were saying was that Doug was catering to Jordan too much. Right. And players didn't like it, you know, especially right. the Wizard thing. But how could you not help but cater to a guy exactly. like that? Exactly, exactly. Exactly. So I understand exactly what you're saying. And I think it's it's funny because 
people really don't understand how success really does work, right? And that's why when I asked you in the last podcast about guys running away from Jordan in an era like this one, you know what I mean? And, and, and guys that would challenge them because winning title after title after title, man, the, the amount of difficulty that comes into that when egos start to be inflated. Like, imagine what an offseason looks like after winning the NBA title. Mm-hmm. Imagine you win an NBA title with Dennis Rodman. And now he goes into the off season on the type of high that he's on right now. Right. All of a sudden now he's he's in a dress. He has wigs on. He's doing all kinds of crazy things. And you're trying to get him back focused so that we can go back in and do it again next season. Right. How difficult do you think it is to reel a guy like that in for real? You know, yeah. even the even how they integrated Rodman back into the into the team when Jordan had to go get him from the hotel. Right. Phil never said nothing to Rod. Yeah. No, nothing. Like, absolutely nothing. Like, they just understood. Right. No no coach would do that because most people would have to exercise their power. Correct. So now you're going to berate the guy. You're going to say something slick. You're going to try to embarrass him in front of everybody. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And immediately you would have lost Rodman for the rest of the season if he had done that. Right. Because Rodman would have just took the challenge on and been even more difficult. But the fact that he said nothing to him, it actually forced Rodman to be a man. Right. And show up. And then he ended up outrunning everybody in that drill, right? Like, And and that's how masterful of of an architect Phil Jackson had to be. 100. Yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't so easy, even though you would think so. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Most people from the outside looking in 100% think like, this guy had the easiest time to win those rings. I'm like, nah. Like, you, like you, you, you think even when you move forward, he goes into LA with Kobe and Shaq, right? And, and yeah. the emergence of Kobe Bryant in a world that's Shaq's. Yeah, man. Right? And, really? de- and dealing with that ego of like, Bro, I'm coming. Like I, I'm, I'm my own by by my own right. I'm my own yep. star, and it's like slow down. So you're dealing with yeah. these two power players in the game, exerting their dominance on a floor where you're trying to run a system and win basketball games. You know what I mean? Yeah. Man. So to be able to navigate your way through that is that not, minefield. Come on, that's one of the hardest things. So when I'm when I was when I was breaking it down to him, I'm saying, listen. If I'm looking at the Spurs, I'm saying the first lucky thing that you got was and you and you did it by great GM, you know what I mean? Great organization mm-hmm. and you're able to look and try to build a culture. There's more that you're looking at. So you you yeah. then draft a guy like David Robinson who has a the personality that you're looking for if you're trying to build a culture, right? Yeah. And then you luck you luck out when <laughs> he gets injured. And he's out for the year. You guys end up with the worst record, and then you're able to draft Tim Duncan. Word. Right? And then here's another kind of mild-mannered type of guy who, again, great talent, seven foot tall, and you pair him up with a guy like that. You know what I mean? David Robinson, who's like, hey, man, I think the young kid could surpass me. Yeah, I'm willing to take a back seat if needed. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm willing to yeah. do. I'm willing to take do what it takes for us to win. Whatever you think is right, coach. And I think 
I'm like, that's that's something. But let me interject because I think it relates to what you just were talking about with the Peach Jam and the young kids. The idea that winning was more important than anything else. Right. Right? Because once that is the belief, now you have a place to reason with these guys to help them to calm their own egos down in order to make sure that everything blends and works well together and in cohesion for the sake of the team, right? But if it's not about that, if it's about only you and the money and the accolades and whatever else you could be thinking about, then it's impossible from there. Yeah. Like, There's no place to talk to them from, you know what I mean? Right, and I, and I think EYBL, I'm like, this is why this thing is hard. Like, when, when, we, when we grew up, we played, like, you could play on a local team, right? You knew the guys in, in, in your area It's a, it's a local team and, and you might have a couple practices Before you go to a tournament or something Right yeah. These guys have mm-hmm. no practices <laughs> Like uh-huh. that's what makes it so hard Like all of these players Are from different places So you know what I mean Like one of your teammates could be a guy Like you could be a guy playing out of Florida yeah. At a prep school The next guy could Where? be a guy playing out of California The next guy could be a guy playing in Vermont Right But then you're meeting yep. in Orlando this weekend yeah, you had no time to really sit with each other, study each other. You're not even friends. You guys don't even know each other, right? Some mm-hmm. of the, some of the players that you're gonna meet, you're gonna meet for the first time on that day on the floor. Yep. And and and, and the idea is, why are you here? And exactly. so that that mentality of why are you here? Is it here? Are you here to win a basketball game? For some nah. of them, nah. I'm here to get mine. Why? Because I need to get to where I need to get to. I've been working hard. I've been running suicides on my own. I've been lifting. I've been doing all the right things. I put in a lot of work. It's time for me to showcase myself to get myself on whatever list, roster, um, ranking yeah. system needed to be able to move forward. And it's like, I think I, I, I can see the good in terms of the exposure, but I see the bad when, you know what I mean? There's yep. a selfish mentality that's driving What's happening? Everything. Here. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, and and there's less prestige around the coaches, right? Oh, there's yeah. less respect, right? So once upon a time, the coach was everything. You wanted to play underneath that coach. Michael Jordan wanted to play under Dean Smith. Yeah. Period. You know what I mean? You wanted to. You wanted to be in these guys' presence so that you could soak up the wisdom that they had, right? So players would. Whatever ego they had, it was over with when they were in that coach's presence, right? Mm. Everything was about the coach. So now everything's about just the player. So the player has no respect for the coach, and the coach looks like a parent who's trying to be the friends of his kids. You know what I mean? You're probably doing a dance in the locker room. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You're on TikTok with the man. You're trying to get followers. You're doing everything that a kid would do as a coach. Right. So the kids are like, well, you're trying to be me. So why would I then care about what you think if everybody cares about what I'm doing? So I think the coaches have to get back to being people of respect as well and and grooming and building men and building women. Right. Like Mm. it has to be about character, about morals, about the things that the school represents and stands for, et cetera. Without those things. There's no basis for a young person to have the kind of respect that they're going to really need to have to get the wisdom that that person could give to them. You know what I mean? And I think that's that's a big problem. I think 
the reason I think Popovich had the easy time as you're speaking of was because of the respect that he had. Like mm-hmm. those guys respected him period. And I know it because Steven Jackson spoke about the type of respect he had for Popovich, right? right? Like he is a man that was coming off of the brawl in, in, in Detroit, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? From leaving Indiana and, and Popovich helped revive his career. Yeah. You know what I mean? He gave he he gave him a chance when nobody wanted to deal with him because everyone thought his personality was too much of a problem. Right. But Popovich had an even bigger personality and and more respect, so he could take that risk and that gamble. That's what happened with Phil Jackson and the Bulls for Robin too. Yeah. Right. Was that no one really wanted to deal with what Robin was dealing with, and, and then Phil was San Antonio. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so Phil and 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 those guys were like, "Nah, we could." We can we'll, we'll gamble on it. You know what I mean? There's enough respect and enough culture over here that Rodman will not just disregard everybody and not care about what anyone has to say because he knows this is a winning environment. So, yeah. I don't know. I think it's going to continue. I think everything is going in waves, of course. Yeah. But I do I do think there will be a moment where that part will is going to surface again. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think it, it requires the Penny Hardaway it requires certain guys with respect and morals to to get into coaching. Right. You know what I mean? And and start to bring that cachet back into the system, especially of the NCAA, because I think everything everything is broken because the NCAA is broken. Yeah. I think. I think the NCAA holds both things together, high school and the NBA. Yeah. Because the high school player is trying to get to the NCAA to get to the NBA. Right. Right. So if he is buying into whatever the the system is demanding of him to get to the NCAA, then by the time he gets in there and now he's being groomed properly, then by the time he gets to the NBA, he'll have a winning mindset and he'll have respect. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think, again, they, they should let the high school players just go straight to the league so that the NCAA can rebuild the the brand that it has. Yeah which was that it builds good character and it builds people that are ready to have the kind of responsibility that being a professional will, will require of them. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Cause you need that. you still need those types of individuals to win games and to have, you know, longevity. I don't think it comes from a guy that just has talent and is young because they don't tend to respect things very much. You know what I mean? You have to be really mature to be able to really succeed at a high level in the NBA out of high school. Yeah. Like really mature. Like, you know what I mean? Like Kobe was mature. Like he was reading, he was, he was studying the game. He was putting in a lot of work when he couldn't go to the bar, go into the club. You know what I mean? But just like, but just not, it's a different kind of peer pressure. (laughs) <laughs> you know Yeah For someone like For especially a young guy Like there's a certain type Of peer pressure And for you not to fall victim To that peer pressure And mm-hmm. And that's something Like you're talking about With the maturity that, That's something that Kobe was able to bring To the table And like no, nah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do as I see When I Even when I see what, What's happening That's what I deem is wrong I'm just gonna Go back in the gym and play And Mike yeah. talked about it When he's like 
You know what I mean? Like going into the yeah. going into the hotel room and seeing you know cocaine and strippers. You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> so you know, and be like, this is a place I'm not supposed to be. I'm just gonna I'm gonna exit, right? So yeah. So that that maturity, because you're not falling victim to that level of peer pressure, especially yeah. as coming in as a young man. And now you have thirty year olds looking at you like, just take a hit, young fella. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like really though, right? Like it, it, it's sad, but you would think that there would be less of that. But I think, I think it really you got to be something special, man, to go into such an environment at a young age. Like, forget that you could. Yeah, you know, it's funny because you know you see it at the younger levels. And sometimes I'm having conversations with parents and uh, there's this one gentleman I'm thinking about. He has, he brought his son um, into this basketball league and he wanted his son to play up, right? Because yeah. his son has the skill. Right. He has the skill to compete and he wants him to be challenged and, you know, the idea of LeBron and just moving him up and, and he's this phenom. And I'm like, you know, sometimes it's good to let them play with their own age, you know, because I'm like, by him being in that position of being a bit ahead of the, his peers, now he can be in a leadership position. He can learn how to think the game. Right. He can learn how to set his teammates up for success. Yeah. Instead of being in a higher level, and now he's just trying to keep up. And now he can't develop the type of confidence that he might need in order to carry himself through some of the hard times as he continues on his journey. Yeah, you know, and I'm like, just let him have fun. Let him have, to, let him develop the mental side of the game too. You know what I mean? And sometimes we want to, we, we we rush too much. So I don't think they need to worry about, like I mean, the NBA. When I say that, I don't think they need to worry about putting rules on players going to the NBA straight out of high school. I think, look, I think it's gonna. If they wouldn't have changed it, put it this way: if they didn't change the rule. There would have been some real horror stories that would have took place. You know what I mean? Some real bad situations would have happened, but it would have corrected everything. Mm, yeah, there would there would have been some some some, some rough stories. You know what I mean? Some robberies, some overdoses. Nah, for real, it is what it is. You know what I mean? There would have been a few more Len biases. You know, mm. there would have been a few more bad situations, but I think it would have served for very valuable lessons to some young kids. I think, you know what I think? Yeah. I think we need a, I think we need a blue chips too. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think we need a, a, a remake of blue chips. How would that even work in a time like this though? <laughs> because, because you, you think about blue chips, you know I mean? For those who don't know, it's, it's an iconic movie from like probably 94. With, Powerful. With Shaq and Penny Hardaway. And it was just talking about, you know, a, a college coach trying to compete on a high level, but recruiting gets hazy when you start mixing mm -hmm. in money and stardom, right? At a young age. Mm -hmm. So when I think about it now in, in, <laughs> in today's era, it's like, what, is, what does that look like? You know what I mean? Like, because technically yeah. right now with these amateurism laws, like, yeah, is, is everything sort of <laughs> like, everything seems like fair game. I, I don't know what blue chips but could look like at this point. But that's why, that's why it would be the greatest movie of all time. Uh, but, but how, well, under what concept? You know what I mean? Is it still well, college? Is it still? No, it's, yeah, you probably could start from high school now. Yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. 
Yeah, you could literally start the movie in high school, but I really think we should do it because, or someone should do it, not we, but because it, it, Blue Chips is a story about greed. Yeah. That's what it really is. And greed is going to be the foundation of all of the bad situations that are going to happen in the near future with people and money and young people thinking that they can cash out early. Yeah. So maybe it's not about anything illegal. Yeah. But it might be about just how destructive mixing money and, and, and amateurism together is. Yeah. And what now blue chips would be if you had removed the rules that they were trying to prevent those those teams and those friends of the program from breaking in the first movie. Yeah. Right? So now there is no rules being broken. So now you're just free to just overdose on all of it now. Mm-hmm. Right? So so what happens now? What happens in those dorm rooms? What happens when kids are going to going to to um to buy Rolls Royces instead of showing up to class? You know what I mean? Like that'd be a hell of a movie and soon enough that's what you're going to see happening in real life. Yeah. Right? There's it's funny. There's a young girl. I I forget her name, but she's actually Boosie's niece. Okay, and she's nice. She's a she's a hooper, but she's also a rapper too, mm. and she's nice at rapping too. So right now, I just seen a headline that said she's signing under Rock Nation, and she's gonna rap and hoop at the same time, and for like do it for real. Yeah, and she's good at both. Like she's legitimately good at both. Yeah, and I'm like, how is this gonna look though? Yeah. Like, what are you going to do? Like, are you going to do a show, then go to practice? And then what about your homework? You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens because you can have too many options sometimes, yeah. you know, and it, can, and it can start to pull you in too many different directions and cause you to destroy the thing that probably would have been the best thing for you which in my opinion would probably be for this young girl to stick to the basketball in school. Yeah. The rapping part, I'm not so sure about because that can bring a whole different type of energy. But the point is, is that now there's no rule. Right. And, and it's going to get really, really interesting to see how all these amateur players are going to handle the fact that they're, they're going to be able to make money off their likeness now. Cause that's why this young girl, is able to rap and play ball and get paid for rapping and all of it because she's allowed to get money for her image and likeness now. Flau, right? Flau, Flau J. Johnson. Yeah, you found it. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. She, plays, <laughs> right? she plays like a girl DJ Wagner. Yeah. She, she's nice, bro. Yeah. Like, she's really good. Like, she's really good, you know? Yeah. So it's going to get really interesting. So that's why I think. Blue chips, too. Huh. <laughs> I think I think I think that's the movie of the future. I think it could be blockbuster, and you get some real high-profile guys in it, and and you start to show all of it. Show the Mike Beasley story in it. You know what I mean? The constant transferring to different schools. Yeah. I think the guy said, I don't remember how many schools he said he had been to. In his career, like high school. I don't remember how many. It was a ridiculous number, though. Yeah. And it's like, 
there's so many angles that you could that you could approach a movie like that from in this era. But I think for young people, go watch the first one. Mm. Anyone that hasn't seen Blue Chip, yeah, yeah. That was instant of, classic. Yeah, that's that's one of that's one of my favorite movies ever. Yeah, <laughs> and as, as you're speaking about movies, I started watching um, Winning Time. The new um, show about the Showtime Lakers, mm-hmm. and mm. yeah, like you know, I always, I always like these things because you never, especially when you're when you're not that old, I'm not that old. I'm old, <laughs> you know what I mean? But I'm not that old yet. So you're mature, man. Yeah, you know? yeah. I, I can talk to you about you know what I mean. Some of the things in the Jordan era, whatever the case may be, but I never knew really how like the Showtime Lakers came to be. Right, so mm-hmm. it's interesting to see that. And it's funny because a lot of people were telling me like, and I had seen some something written somewhere where Magic doesn't like her, he doesn't approve her. None of the Lakers really like it. And oh, really? Yeah. So watching the show, I could understand why because their portrayal of each other. And I think to get more, <laughs> more to get more of an authentic um, look into into a lot of people, you can't have their input because they're going to be well they you know what I mean they're going to overly they're going to change the way they see themselves as how they should be perceived versus how they, it actually was right absolutely so people come off magic comes off more of, very much so a womanizer <laughs> right kareem comes yeah. off as an asshole Really? 100%. Like, like when we talked about type of coachable players, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar would be the type of player you would not want to coach. Really? I mean, but he was a phenom. So, you know, I'm sure there's some type of ego there. There has to be. So there was was this interesting thing where they go into training camp because they needed to find a new coach because Jerry West was the coach of the Lakers. But... And Jerry West probably doesn't like his portrayal either. And then this is something I didn't know about. Jer- but Jerry West takes this stuff so serious, right? Okay. And Jerry West is like overly animated and angry. And he's he's a guy who's breaking stuff, right? He's very really? much. Yeah. So it talks about like. Bobby like, Knight almost. Yeah. But, but the thing about Jerry West is he's like, he looks at his career because he's like, his career. All he did was lose to the Celtics. Okay. Right? <laughs> and he's like, I can't, like, you know what I mean? Mr. Clutch is all, you know what I mean? Is, is seen as a, as a loser. So when he finally actually won, he couldn't even enjoy it. Like, he couldn't really? actually celebrate. Like, he was actually sad, like, you know? So every yeah. single time he holds, like, like, like some of his trophies, he, he ended up breaking one of his trophies. So he's like, his wife is like, buddy, I can't go through this with you you know what i mean so so he ends up stepping down as the coach of the lakers so they have mm-hmm. to find a new coach and so they bring in a coach they try to go get tarkanian which is jerry tarkanian which was the the unlv coach of the running rebels right oh, okay and that okay. guy's that guy's something special but but essentially the story there was they tried really hard to get him but the mob in vegas said nah <laughs> like, what? He's not leaving Vegas, buddy. What? <laughs> like, yeah, because we're talking the eighties. You know what I mean? This is this is a different time, bro. Yo, UNLV was a different. Like, yeah, that school was something else. Like for real. So you, you got to think about Vegas 
and the fact that there's there was no major there was no sports anything mm, in Vegas. I see, right? I get it. Yeah. And, yeah. and Tark was the biggest ticket in town when it came to sports. And I he see. had a team. And so you're the mob, you're into fixing games and doing making oh, bets and doing you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So the mob was like, buddy. No. You, you can't leave. No. Yasso. <laughs> you know what I mean? So they, so, yeah. so they had to settle and get another coach, right? But the yeah. coach came in with a philosophy and a mindset. And uh, sorry, one other thing: Jerry West didn't want to draft Magic Johnson. That that was that blew my mind. But wow! But um, wow! That's a hell of a <laughs> but that's a hell of a statement. Like, really, you know what I'm saying? Especially in hindsight, even now, because I'm sure you, even Jerry doesn't want people to know that. Like, because yeah. Jerry's. Jerry's known right now as a great GM, exactly. right? Like that's that's so. why that that's why it's 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 crazy to think about that. That might have been that would have been one of the biggest gaffes that he'd ever had, right? Yeah, and and, and that guy picks a lot of winners. So when you think about that, you're like, what? That's insane. Yeah. But but yeah, so they get another coach in, and the coach is basically like, listen, my philosophy here, really. I want to do something different. I want to speed the game up. So I want to do, you know what I mean? This fast-paced motion offense. You know what I mean? You get it, you go. Hit the man ahead, just like the Showtime Lakers we can envision, right? Yeah. Magic yeah. coming down and feeding whoever. So he's like, I want to do this. But the players are like, nah, bro. Like Kareem's a man who gets the ball in the block, turns, skyhooks, bucket. That's the game, right? What are we yeah, doing? He's, sure. like, yeah. he's like, no, we're gonna switch it up, right? So he's like, we're gonna we're gonna get into shape because we're gonna be able to run. So they start running suicides. Cream's like, bro, I'm not running. I'm not running. So Cream, you know, catches up. Of course, oh you know my what I mean? god! And he's just like, yeah, yeah. But it's Kareem. What are you gonna say to the guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they get into their first <laughs> they get into their first game and they're playing the Clippers. And the man's saying, Kareem, I need you like I need you to to get into this because the team is looking to you like you're the leader. You know what I mean? So Kareem yeah. says to the guy, Listen, buddy, at the end of the game, I'm gonna have thirty points and ten rebounds. And you're gonna get a win. Just <laughs> Take the win, take and, that. and that's yeah, take that. you know what I mean. So yeah. the end of the game comes now, and they need a play. So the coach is like, honestly, screw Kareem. You know what I mean? Really, screw Kareem. <laughs> get the ball to somebody else. But Magic's like, I don't know, bro. I'm I'm into winning still. <laughs> so he passes the ball to Kareem anyways. Kareem sky hooks it. Game right. Yeah. And so Kareem's walking back to the change room. Because he doesn't like to celebrate or do any of that, right? He doesn't like to celebrate. Nah. So the coach looks and he's like, this asshole has 30 points and 10 rebounds. Yep. Just and like he up. said he would. You know what I mean? Because he's thinking to himself, how do I get through to this guy? Like to just yeah. do this thing. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. honestly, like it was like, it, it, it's it's good seeing that. And the fact that. <laughs> At any moment, the Lakers could go bankrupt. <laughs> just, oh yeah! Take, if you, really, you take eh? it in, this organization is probably worth five billion dollars today. 
<laughs> really? Think about that. Yeah. For real. Yeah. So they show you that. They show you like how broke and how difficult the yeah. process is. Yeah. Yeah. And some of the some of the unique things, the introduction of the Laker girls turning the form into like wow. a nightclub, basically. You know what I mean? Wow. Sitting stars courtside. All of these things are new, right? And it really? was like, yeah, it was an experience. These this stuff had never been done before, right? So that's why it's 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 interesting to sort of see that. Now we get to experience the game in a different way, but we don't know where it started from. So, so this, the Laker the Laker girls and stuff, that was the first introduction to yeah. like women dancing and cheerleaders on the court and stuff like cheerleaders that. Cheerleaders have always existed, but the Laker girls are something different. Okay. Yeah. All right, all right. Because the Laker, ga- Laker girls are, are, are more of the seductive type of high energy type of thing, right? Uh-huh. And so okay. he was like, he wanted to give it that feel and that vibe. Like, this is what he really wanted, you know? But okay. it's like meshing all of these, because these things are just new concepts. And he's like, we'll spend the money to get whatever done. And they're like, bro, you don't have any more money. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 I, but real talk, though. That that sounds like Phil Knight and Nike. Yeah, like that sounds like the exact same story. Right, like, Nike was like Nike was broke. Yeah, Phil Knight had no more dough. He leveraged everything. Bro. Right, he was. You know what I mean? Like if one thing had gone wrong, I think especially there was a moment where he had to go to Congress. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like so, there was these big things that we know that have changed and shaped the world the way we know it now could have not have worked out. Right. You know what I mean? It could have been something else. It could have been Adidas running things right now. Right. Or it could have been, you know what I mean? The Lakers had, had folded and the whole NBA had folded. Right. Yeah. Right. Like they had to merge two leagues just to make it work. Yeah. Even crazy. Cause as, as rookies, so Jerry Buss goes to goes to Magic and says, "Bro, like, you know what I mean? Like we want you, but before he actually gets to officially purchase the team, it's him and the old owner, right? Mm-hmm. And the whole owner's like, "Yo, it's a privilege for you to be here, blah 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 blah." So Magic says, "I want 500,000." Mm. No, I want 600,000. He says, "I want 600,000." So the so the guy's like, "Are you stupid? We're not paying you the same as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar." You know what I mean? You're a kid. Yeah. Relax. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so back then, he's like, then I'll just go back to college. Uh, right? You don't give me the money, I'll go back to school. That's fine. I know what I'm worth. Right? And so Magic's yeah. dad's looking at him like, buddy, I think I raised you to be a man that could turn down 600 You know what I mean? Them yeah. kind of money, well, what's wrong with you? And he's like, yo, I know my worth. And he's like, yo, yeah, yeah, don't be stupid. Don't rub nothing in my face. You know what I mean? Like, mm. humble yourself and deal with whatever. But he's like, yeah, I'm going to go get my money. Like, these guys these guys want me. They'll pay. And Jerry and Jerry Buss understood, like, I want this guy. I want a yeah. show. You know what I mean? I want yep. this thing that's in my head. Why can't basketball be the most entertaining thing out there? You know what I yeah. mean? It's a beautiful game. And that's what... He massaged to do, but that guy, buddy, you think Magic was a womanizer? Jerry Buss was insane. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yo, you're making me want to go. I'm gonna go take this in now. <laughs> now, 
At first, I seen it a couple times, and I was like, uh, I, I, I don't I know. I brushed it initially too, and I sat there. I was like, I was bored, and then I started watching. I'm like, all right, I can mess with this. Now yeah, they now got I'm raw. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now I'm hooked. I mean, you know, as long as you keep it raw, the truth is better than TV. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what's really going on in this world is, is, is will blow people's minds away. You know what I mean? Most times, the stuff that we get is the PG version of it. Yeah. But I, I, I'm sure they still sugarcoated it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But they showed, like, I'm they, sure. Yeah, they kept it raw. They showed Kareem. They showed his faith. They, sh- you know what I mean? They showed aspects of, of different individuals, man. More so than mm-hmm. I thought I would ever get to see. And just his yeah. struggles dealing with his faith, dealing with his home life. I never knew, like, his, like he grew up Christian and his dad was a cop. Like, I didn't know any of this stuff. You know what I mean? I don't even know his story at all. I, it's funny because I don't know that much about Kareem. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they haven't really highlighted him that much. I don't think you they know? like him. Because mm. the way he comes off, I'm not going to lie. If you watch it, you'll see, like, the guy's kind of a dick. <laughs> he's he's the opposite of Magic Johnson, personality yeah. wise. You know what I mean? I would have never thought of that though. I, he doesn't even look like that. He looks like a a, a mild mannered person. You like. think Tim Duncan? That's what I think when I think of Kareem. Right? Mm-hmm. Is like a Tim Duncan type of guy, but he's a different animal. Like they said, like yo, Magic, like Magic, you're Kareem's rookie, and so Magic says, yo. 6 a.m. every morning, I'm gonna need my orange juice and a newspaper. Right? Okay. So Magic's right. showing up like, hey, Kareem, man, I got your OJ and the newspaper. Kareem looked at the OJ, just closed the door on the guy. Like, really? <laughs> and so every day he's coming back, he's like, yo, why won't you talk to me? Like, what's wrong with you? He's like, yo, I told you to get me a newspaper. What is this? He's like, yo, this is the LA Times. The man just closed the door. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, yeah they showed the, the two of them got into a scrap in the flipping change room, <laughs> buddy. It's 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 funny, man. Like it's funny. All right, don't I, tell me no more. I give that, the, I give the, I give the show high regards. You know what I mean? But if you want to watch a basketball show, that's that's my that's my rundown. That's my Siskel Siskel and Ebert moment. You know what I mean? Okay. I recommend one hundred percent. Highly recommend. <laughs> damn, I mean, damn. That thing sounds like any any given Sunday. Yeah. Like that thing <laughs> sounds raw over there, bro. I'm gonna take it in for sure, bro. I'm absolutely gonna take it in because I did it. I seen it. I, I, you know, I pressed play on it once. It was the the, the, the moment that I seen was like. When um, Jerry Buss and the previous owner were sitting down at dinner with Magic and his dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the owner said something real strange. And I was just like, yeah, I'm out. This is too awkward. I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know the part I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. He calls him a thoroughbred or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, yeah. all right, I'm out. Man. I'm, good. I'm good. You know, I'm good. So that that was as far as I got. I got a minute in, seen that part, and I was like, if it's going to be like this, I, I'm straight. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But he, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I recommend it, man, 100%. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah, man. But, yeah, we need to talk some NBA, too, before yeah. we wrap this thing, too. We yeah. got to get some in. Yeah. Let me say this to you, man. 
I really, really liked was Mellow Ball, though. Like, <laughs> this, guy, this guy went into Chicago, I think it was yesterday, and he just took the game over from the very beginning of the game. You know what I mean? Bucket after bucket, three after three after three. This guy's getting more and more comfortable every single day. It's starting to look like pickup runs outside at the at the or like at the Y or something. Like it's getting too easy for this kid, man. Like yeah. it's and it just looks so fun. It's I love this guy and I love John Moran because remember the conversation was who would you rather? Who do you think yeah. will end up being the one between those yeah. two? They're both stars for the future John Morant my only worry is that he plays in the air so much so that I don't know how long it can last Mm -hmm. and that I need him to start to have more faith in his jump shot so that he can develop it properly for the future because right now LaMelo's range and where he's shooting it and how comfortably he's shooting it now it's it's it, first of all he went into Brooklyn and just completely stole the show from from both Kyrie and KD. Yeah, yeah. Single handedly dealt with those guys, and then went into Chicago recently and just it was about him. You know what I mean? Like Charlotte, you don't want to play Charlotte right now. Mm. You do not want to play Charlotte in the playoffs, bro. If they get in, they're gonna not be fun to play against. I'll just tell you that much. This kid is for real. He runs the team so well. Everybody looks fed. Everybody looks happy. You know what I mean? Like nobody, nobody, it's like magic is playing. Yeah. It's almost like the Showtime Lakers yeah. type of situation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just looks so fun when this guy has the yeah. ball. Yeah, LaMelo, I'm going to I'm gonna say, he, he plays like the annoying little brother. Like, hmm. like he's like a pest. But he's so skilled and he's so good when he's doing it, it bothers you even more, right? Because he does it with a smile and he's laughing at you and you know what I mean? That's yeah. when I think when I see him play, it's it's fun. He's just having fun. So you're taking the game serious as could be. He's having fun and he's sort of embarrassing you out there, right? Yeah. Yeah, you want to punch him. You know what I mean? Probably. <laughs> like, it's, I, I can see that. Yeah, it's it's very magic-like. And you could tell, like, he's the youngest out of the ball brothers. You know what I mean? And yeah. you're seeing that creativity and that craftiness and all of that kind of stuff on display, yep. man. Like, yeah. <laughs> you got yeah, to love it, man. You got to love it because it's fun. You know what I mean? He makes, he, he, makes it, he makes it enjoyable. But I did want to ask you something. It's good that you sort of brought that up, but I wanted to ask you something. Who do you feel, out of outside of, like, the no-nos right now, who do you think are the scariest teams coming into this playoff? Look, I think no one wants to play the Atlanta Hawks either. Mm-hmm. Right, now, right now they're playing very good basketball. Yeah. You know what I mean? Very, very good basketball. I think I heard a stat recently. They were like twenty five and eight in the last in the last thirty something games. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're really playing well. Trey Young is playing well. I don't know what took so long for them to get going. It looked like such a steep drop off from last season when they were in the playoffs and they made all that noise. I, I didn't I didn't expect them to struggle so much early. I think the whole COVID thing and, you know, a lot of guys were sidelined with, with, with protocol or whatever. Yeah. So 
So I think it probably really hurt them more than you would think. But you don't want to deal with Trey Young, first of all. That guy is a real problem, man. Like, yeah. he's good. Like, he's really, really good. And they got some other guys running those wings with him. Even Gallinari, man. Yeah. Like, that guy will still kill you right now. Yeah. Barely leaves the ground. The guy doesn't even jump an inch off the ground. That's but like he will kill you. Bro. Yeah, man. Exactly. And he shoots from high. So yeah. all he needs to do is get the ball over his head and it's a bucket. But he's really good still, even right now. Yeah. So you don't want to deal with the Hawks. You really don't want to see the Hawks, man. But you don't want to play Cleveland either, man. Mm. Cleveland is tough, bro. Like, Garland, Garland is nice. He doesn't even... I don't even think he knows how good he is yet. You know what I mean? He's still... Garland looks like he he's surprised to be here. You know what I mean? He was supposed to be the backup. It was supposed to be Sexton's team. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I haven't seen... I haven't... I literally haven't seen Colin Sexton. I don't know what happened to him. If he got an ACL injury or something, I don't even know what actually happened. But it's Garland all day. And that guy is just a problem. He's so quick. He can shoot going either way, right or left off the pull-up. He shoots the three. I mean, he's nice, man. He's really, really nice. And I think, you know, funny enough, the thing that makes Cleveland so dangerous and the thing that most teams aren't prepared for is the range of Kevin Love. Mm -hmm. The fact that Kevin Love can shoot that three so consistently and then Markinen can also shoot the three too yeah. really makes the Cavs very difficult to defend because no bigs want to go out that far. Yeah. They struggled a bit without Jared Allen. I think that's what. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that guy was really an important piece to that team. Well, because he's a man, you know, yeah. like he's solid. Like you can't go in that paint when he's there, you yeah. know, like Mobley is good, but he's still slim, yeah. you know? Yeah, you know, but Allen is a man. Yeah. Like you're not you're not going in that paint with Allen. But even still, they're tough, man. I mean, Karis Levert is what a great addition that guy has been. Yeah, you know, I was watching them play the Nets the other day, yeah. and they 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 almost no, not the Nets, the, the Sixers, mm. and they 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 really should have beaten the Sixers, but you know, Joel Embiid, man. That yeah. guy, that guy is tough, man. And, and Allen wasn't there. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. yeah. So Embiid kind of, Embiid just, he's just, he's just such a big body, man. And he has such great hands. So, he, yeah, without Allen, they can't deal with him. But they were, they played really well. It was like blow for blow. And then they just lost it at the end. But it's, I would say, I would say, yeah, I would say you don't want to deal with the, the Charlotte Hornets. You don't want to really have to play Atlanta. And I think Cleveland is also one of those teams that it's just like, you just don't want to have to play them because they can, they can score in every position. You know what I mean? Yeah. Every guy on every position can score. So they're tough, man. They, they, they are really tough in the East. Yeah. At least I'll say that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was, I was, I was thinking about it. I was discussing it with my bro and I was saying, the Raptors are scary. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, dude, yeah. I, I would not want to play that team, man. And I, and, I, and I'm looking at Philadelphia because it looks like Philly's going to draw Toronto. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm like, listen, other than Brooklyn, this might have been the worst thing that could have happened to you guys. Yeah, maybe. You know? Maybe. Because you have so many things to contend with. Their, their, their length, you know what I mean? Their relentlessness, and they're well coached. And that coach can make some adjustments, bro. You know what I mean? And that team understands. They know They know what it's like to win. They know yep. what it's like to compete. You know what I mean? And Siakam yeah. has a click. But it's funny because that's what I was going to say. <laughs> I, was observe, I was observing it the other day. I was like, you know what was the greatest thing for Siakam was that he struggled the year after yeah. Kawhi left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it looks like he's figuring it out. Now. Yeah, adversity has he, a has a way of doing some things to you. It, it makes your mind stronger. You yeah. know what I mean. And and that's what it takes to win and consistently deliver every day. Yeah. You know what I mean. Like you have to have the ability to overcome adversity on call. Yeah. And it looks now like Siakam knows. He knows how to get a shot off. His handles getting a bit tighter. He's shooting it well. He's still six nine with probably a seven foot wingspan. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's a good player. And then Scotty Barnes is right beside him. You know what I mean? And then you have Gary Trent Jr. You have Van Fleet. You have some guys that really and honestly you said it, they're relentless. I think the biggest concern if I'm Philly, especially considering the struggles that James Harden is having right now is having to deal with a team that is relentless defensively because yeah. I was watching. Cause you know, I've been taking in this whole James Harden thing, you know, like <laughs> it, this guy's like, no one's having no mercy for this guy right now. Like he's really, really the topic right now, him and Westbrook, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's almost becoming the new Westbrook right now for the, for the, for the headlines, you know? And, the headline, um, what, a day or two ago, it came from Jalen Rose, and it's echoed by the other ones, is that he's a declining superstar now, and that his his athleticism is not the same. It's like, when's the last time James Harden has had a dunk? When's the last time yeah. he's beaten a guy off the top of the key and flushed it on anybody? Right. And it's been a very long time. He hasn't had a dunk as a fixer yet. Right. And what they were pointing out was because He's not athletic like he used to be. His finishes around the rim are not as easy anymore, right? There's so many guys that are are challenging him there. The rules have changed, so he can't just get these fouls like he's used to. And then then you have Embiid, who's not the rim running big like he's used to as well for him to throw the lob if you help. So now he has to deal with people digging at the ball when he's trying to get to the rim. Right. So when they played the Raptors the other day, it looked like he was just so uncomfortable. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he, he he's patting it, patting it, but the guys are so long. Siakam's yeah. so long. Yeah. These guys. So it's it's not like he's quick like that to get away from him. He's not super confident in his three right now. He's in shooting. I think it was like thirty one percent from three right now. Yeah. So he's really struggling. Yeah. And I think that's the tough part for him because his drive is what opened up the step back. That's what gave exactly. him space is the, the ability to get around the guy and get to the basket. So it was tough because it was like, yeah, he gets to the basket. He's in a, he could like he could dunk on. He could get to the basket. It's an N one 
right? Exactly. So you played him in a certain way where you're like, you know what I mean? You have to, if you had to choose your poison, you might just have to live and die with the three. And then because you're gapping him and giving him so much space, the double step back just, it just makes it a wide open shot. But now it's like, buddy, like I'm not, I'm not scared of any of that. You know what I mean? I'm right here. So he's not getting the the same, he's not creating the same space he once did. You know what I mean? Cause no one's, cause no one's afraid of the drive anymore. If you, if anything, you're more scared of the actual three. So you're exactly. gonna you're gonna play him a little tighter. So even when and make him dry, right? So even when he's stepping back, he's still stepping back, and he's still fairly guarded. Exactly. Right. And if in some and a team like Toronto, if you have like a Scotty Barnes guarding you out there or exactly. whatever, these guys are or so Seattle. long. Yeah, these guys are these guys are just so long. You know what I mean? So they're in your space, and it's all contested threes. You know what I mean? Exactly. It, it's it's tough for him. It is. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, the whole league is long now. You know what I mean? So when you look around the whole thing, you're like, okay, if he can't use the move where he gets a step on you and then he rubs the ball into your chest and then gets a foul call, now you're beside him. Yeah. And you're 6'9, six, 6'8 six, with long arms, right? right. So it's, the, the finish is not so easy anymore. Yeah. And he's losing a step. And it's funny because, you know, one of the um, commentators made this point. He's like, yo, Harden's been playing in the league for 13 years. Yeah. For 14 years. He's like, that's a career, you yeah. know. That's a lot of, that's a lot of miles. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, let's not, let's, we, we can't keep sitting in this mentality like he's LeBron James and he's going to be in year 19 uh. putting in work. Like, Harden already is not, his body type alone is not the super athletic body type already. Everyone has known that from the very beginning. So why wouldn't we expect that he would lose a step at some point? He's 33 years old. So, you know, I think we're, we're not considering that as well. And we're judging him so harshly, but of course, as you said, he did ask for this, right? He did force his way out of situations. So I think that's why there's a lot less, Mercy on on his behalf, I yeah, think. Yeah, and I'm saying I'm like, if they lose in the first round, if you're Philly, do you, mm. still, do you still give him the 200 million? That's the conversation that they were having. <laughs> They're like, yo, will he still give him the money? Because if he does, that's the future of the of the Sixers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you give him the money? Me? <laughs> no, I don't give him that money. Do you give him? Do you give him? How much do you give him? How much do Better I give him? Better question. Yeah. How much do I give him? If he was willing to take what you were going to give him because he just wanted to be there, how much would you give Harden right now? Uh, making, I, I give him, I give him one year, 30 million. I you go one year, 30, eh? I think he's still worth that. You know, what I mean, two for sixty, something like that. I, w- I would, I would do something like. He still. He's, <laughs> You'd only give him two years, though, like no more than two years. No, yeah, it's risky. It's it's it it's risky because you you have to factor in like when you're older, not only are you declining, but injuries are 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 going to be something that you're going to have to deal with a little bit more, right? Yeah. LeBron yeah. James is dealing with injuries. You know what I mean? And nobody takes care of their body like LeBron James. 
So I'm going to have to expect at some point you're going to roll an ankle and it's going to take you a longer time to recover. There's just, mm. you know what I mean? And then the rehabbing process and then coming back, you know what I mean? Each injury at that age, at that body type is like, you know what I mean? Like a, a, a losing step each time. You know what I mean? It's going to be weighing you down a little bit more. So, yeah, no, there, there's no long-term deals. Um, I don't look at Harden <laughs> like a, like, yeah, you know what I mean? Let's put him on contract till he's 40. Because his game doesn't, yeah. his his game really isn't that like we thought it was. Because usually when yeah. you think of skilled players, you think, okay, skilled players could last a little bit longer. You think of Chris Paul, he's going to go, he's in, his contract is going to go into his, his four, till he's 40. Yeah. It's like the way he plays the game, he can he can still play the game at that age. It just it just looks like that. There's there's nothing really overly athletic about his game. You know what I mean? It's just an old yeah. man teaching kids. That's what it looks like. And James Harden, it just he just doesn't have that. So right. me, I'm not going anything long term with with Harden. I still think he's a valuable player. I still think the guy's really really good, but. Yeah, like I'm not, I'm not touching. Yeah. Nah, no way. I, I I say this: if I could, if if I could have a conversation with Harden, or even shoot, if you heard this podcast, this specific episode, if I could have the conversation with him, and I could say, all right, look, James, honestly, I think you're still a phenomenal scorer, but in order to be an extremely valuable player going forward, I think I need you to become a pure point guard now. You have the instincts of a point guard. You have the passing ability. You have all of it. And I think if you can take yourself out of the mentality that you're going to be a 30-point scorer or, a, 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 you know, 28-a-game scorer and start thinking about being a 21, 22, 8-assist, 9-assist kind of guy and you really, really integrate yourself into the culture and try to play within the team versus the pat and the ball and holding the ball for a long time, I'd be willing to give you three years, 90 or something. You know what I mean? But the padding the ball at the top of the key with everybody standing and watching you, that style, I wouldn't invest that money because in order for you to pull that off, you need to be athletic for real. You need to be the old you. You know what I mean? Because to get from the top of the key to the rim, you got to be fast and you got to be able to get off the ground. Yeah. And if you can't do that, then that style of play, it was already not the greatest in the first place. But now without that step and that bounce to get to the rim itself, you can't be laying the ball up with these guys chasing you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I would just say if you can start to just play within the offense more, be more efficient, have the ball in your hands a little less in terms of the time frame, and just be able to make quicker decisions, then I think you can still be, you could be like Chris Paul. I think if you can play now with a more mature point of view about how you're going to impact the game, I think he could be just as valuable. I think he could still be extremely valuable on a winning team. But if it's the, you know, the mentality of Carmelo really, which is I'm going to be the same way all the way to the end. Yeah. Then, then it's going to shorten your value and it's going to make people not want to put that type of money into you because it's going to take away from the other guys. You know what I mean? And we're going to have to cater to you too much. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? So I think that's the catch with Harden's situation because he has all the abilities of a point guard. Yeah, He has all of the abilities. He can pass the ball with the best of them. He has a handle that you can't steal. You know what I mean? He can shoot the three. He can get up and down the floor enough. Like, he's not slow. It's just you can't play the style of play where everyone's standing and watching. Yeah. And that's what's killing everything, I think, and making people so critical of him now. So if he can just shift that mentality like I think Chris Paul has. Mm. You know, Chris Paul is playing with the ball less in his hands. That's yeah. why Phoenix is working. I, I'll be honest, I never was a big fan of Chris Paul early because I felt like he over-dribbled it. Yeah, I thought so too. You know, you know so this, this Chris Paul I like because he does still do it at times, but he knows how to let Booker be Booker. He knows how to let the ball move and find its way to Crowder and find its way to Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson, you know? So... I think that maturity has made Paul last. And I think that's what needs to happen now with James Harden. But it's like, you, know? you can't really teach an old dog new tricks. And and that's where, I think this is where the Lakers struggled this year too. Where I think, I still think Westbrook's a great basketball player. Mm. I just think you can't ask, you can't ask Westbrook to be something he's not. And I think that's the hard part. So when I was when I was looking at it, I was saying, if you take that if you take that Lakers team and you're saying the way Westbrook plays, he's ball dominant. He needs the ball and he needs to be the one creating, right? Mm-hmm. LeBron is also the creative. He he's he's turned more into that point guard creative point forward type of player, especially in the later half of his career, right? But if I had to say who could be more versatile, who could play a different role, I would say LeBron would be the guy who could play a different role versus asking Westbrook to be something he's not. Right? right? And I think the same yeah. thing is with Harden. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you can't ask him to be anything other than what he is. And it, it, the second you start saying, listen, you can do things a little bit differently, you can help us out in so many different areas, you can, you know what I mean? I think that's where it's like, he really can't. He really can't. The more you take him out of his game is the more he's going to struggle. He cannot play off that ball, and he's going to need it constantly. But I think if you're Philly, you're realizing the real key to this team is Maxi. You know what I mean? I would. You know what I mean? It's like you want Maxi to develop. You really do. But yeah. you have Harden. And he becomes that 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 the elephant in the room where it's like we kind of <laughs> got to address, you know what I mean? This thing with this guy, but so <laughs> do you think it was a bad idea that I, they took Arden from I, from Brooklyn? You say to yourself, if you look at if you look at the 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 Philadelphia 76ers, they want they they look at themselves as we're we're potentially looking to win a championship. Right, and uh-huh. Ben Simmons is he, he wants out, and you feel, and this is where I think the NBA is stuck in the stupid mentality. You feel the only way you can win championships is multiple stars. You need multiple star players in order to in order to compete. I think this is where they got caught in that trap because instead of saying for Ben, because there was a lot of teams that were like, "We'll give you some assets," you know what I mean? We'll throw in some good players. 
and we'll throw in some assets. Instead of taking that for Ben Simmons, you wanted to go for a big star. You wanted a Damian Lillard. You wanted a James Harden, and that's what you fought with all year. So you felt, hey, we got James Harden for Ben Simmons. How could this not work? Here's a guy who will shoot the ball. That's all we're asking for. It's like, nah, what Ben brought to the table, you know what I mean, were the intangibles that you really need. And B could give you 40. You know what I mean? When it comes to scoring, you guys have scores. And what they had with Seth Curry, what they had, you know what I mean? Losing Seth Curry is a big one. That's not an yeah. underrated that's not an underrated loss. So you had yeah. to give up some of what made your team good to then yeah, say we have Harden now. But it's like you could have take you could have taken assets. So yeah, like for me, I don't think stars get you all the way. You need that 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 good group of players who can turn it on and off, who could show up for you night after night. And I think that's where they made a big mistake. So if I'm Philly, I'm having a little Based on what I've seen over the last month, I'm having a little bit of buyer's remorse when it comes to, when it comes to, yeah, yeah 100%. I'm having buyer's remorse, but what do you do now? You can't, you can't say anything. You're stuck with yeah. it. You know? Yeah. So for yeah. them, it's like, yeah, it, it is what it is, but, you know? I think they, I think, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously this idea of Daryl Morey and, and him wanting Harden so badly he 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 pulled the trigger quick, you know what I mean? And he wanted, like you said, a star. That's a very good point, though. That this idea that stars are who the are the ones that win the championships have made these teams become so starstruck that they're not even thinking about putting a good group of guys together that actually will show up and win games under pressure and perform. You know, again, I, how many stars did the Grizzlies have? Yeah. That's a good point. That's the point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Really? You know, like, even Phoenix, like, who's the, like, Devin Booker's a star. Right. Chris Paul, I don't know if you throw him as a superstar player in the NBA right now. Not right now. No. You know what I mean? He's, he's a really, really good player. Yeah. But you wouldn't say that he's, it's a super team over there in Phoenix. No. And Phoenix is running through the league. I wouldn't even say the Bucks is a super team, even though they tried mm -hmm. to say so. But <laughs> yeah, right. No, no way. You know what I mean? So you sit there and you look at the teams that are at the top of the league. They're not. A, they're not heavily superstar oriented right now. No, they're really. They're really not. So I think you're right. I think. This infatuation with superstars and, and this idea that you needed a star put Philly in a bad situation where Philly could have been thinking about who complement the guys that we have. You know what I mean? And maybe how could we even put ourselves in a position so that next season we could be even better too? Yeah, yeah. But it's this idea. There's an idea floating around the league where – if you win a championship, no matter how much headache or craziness it costs, it's worth it. Uh, there's yeah. no way I believe that. That makes zero sense to me. You know, I agree. Yeah, it's like it's like having a car who could just get you to your destination. But yeah. On the way home, that's it. You know what I mean? It can only make it to where you need to go. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you can't go anywhere else after the fact. Like th that's insane. Yeah. 
So it's yeah. like, yeah, you know, mortgage your entire future. Do you, do you remember when? Yep. Do you remember when? <laughs> probably one of the. When you think back on it, probably one of the craziest trades in NBA history. Remember when the Brooklyn Nets traded for all the Celtics players? Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Like, I, yes. Yeah. They gave it all away. Thank God, Kyrie. And no, you know what? Thank God for Jeremy Lin. You know what I mean? Jeremy Lin, for a moment, brought Brooklyn back, you know. Like, when Jeremy Lin had the dreads, mm -hmm. he was balling in Brooklyn. Yeah. Like, he was balling in Brooklyn. Yeah, other than him. Yeah, everybody. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? But thank God Kyrie and Durant decided to go over there. Yeah, yeah. Because they, you know, because they, they really gave away a lot. Boston for that, you know what I mean. The whole reason they, why Boston has, you know what I mean, Jalen Brown and <laughs> Jason and Tatum. Tatum, Marcus Smart, is is because <laughs> of what Brooklyn gave them. You know what I mean? It was yeah. so much, and you start looking at teams. You're like, did did LA do that with 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 the New Orleans Pelicans? You know what I mean? What you did was, in, it's insane to really think about what the magnitude of what you've done to yourself. Because there's no room, there's no, there's nowhere to go. You know what I mean? Like, there's really nowhere to go now. Like, you're really stuck in a position like, oh, yeah, well, at least we got one ring. Like, yeah. Listen, you know what I'm, I mean? not, I'm not going to lie to you, bro. <laughs> when you said, like, what you've done to yourself, I, I thought of, like, a woman that gets, like, the injection, you know what I mean, and like, the, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like, and it just feels a little too much. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. He was just like, well, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, just you, you just the vanity, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it just feels you just you were fine. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like you were better off. Yeah, and you just wanted more, and you wanted it now. Yeah, you know what I mean, and now. The repercussions and the consequences that come with that. Yeah, and and that's what you're basically saying. Because it's funny, I was listening to Magic talk, Magic Johnson talk about um, the Lakers, and he was just like, "Yeah, man, you know, they can't do anything now. Like they can't, like they can't, they can't do nothing. Like they they're stuck in the situation that they're in. So now people are talking about, are they going to trade Anthony Davis? I'm like, oh my god, you guys." <laughs> but it's like that's the only option like they don't have nothing else to offer you know what i mean so i'm like geez man like you guys really just you guys went all like you went for broke you know what i mean like you said put it all on black like and we'll see but I don't know. I don't yeah, know. Man. Yeah, and, and, I don't know. and it's like you're seeing the rest of the league. You see Memphis, which I think is again, Memphis has to be the scariest team in the league because for whatever reason, they're the only team in the league that for some reason cannot shut it down. No, you see them smash the Pelicans <laughs> they yesterday. Everybody, bro, these guys will not take a night off. <laughs> these guys can't. You know, like I watched today where it was like. Uh, Milwaukee took the night off You know what I mean Giannis and them mm -hmm. could, could sit Because it, it didn't mean anything Right mm -hmm. So They took the night off And all of a sudden I forgot who they were playing But I look and it's like They were losing like 20 to 1 <laughs> First quarter <laughs> Right And I'm like yeah. 
Memphis with John Morant out, you could take Jared Jackson out. These guys are still gonna murder you, no matter yeah. what. Like these guys have no, these guys will not well, stop. The young guys have something to prove. You know what I mean? This is their moment to play. Like they don't know nothing else. Yeah. Yeah, these guys are some of the most relentless things I've ever seen. They will not stop, and I'm like, "This is what? What, what is? What's going on here? Yeah, what's, man. What's the matter with these kids?" But it's like, yeah, they're just super relentless. So yeah, brother. Yeah. I, I, I look at that team like, yeah, these guys are these guys are dangerous, so, dangerous for real. So, do you agree with me? I I, I nominate Desmond Baines for most improved player. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah. I, 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 I dominate him. I think he deserves it he's, over anyone else. He's he's so improved that I never heard of him before this. <laughs> right? <laughs> Me either, though. I'm not gonna lie. I never heard of him before this season. Yeah. Is he a rookie? Like, I, no, he's not. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think so. I think he's like maybe two years in. Jeez, you know what I mean? Like, I've never seen nothing like that. Well, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it was one game and Dylan Brooks was out. Yeah. And then I seen Bane. Yeah. And Bane did one of the sickest layups I've ever seen to this day. It was so smooth. I was like, what the hell did this guy just do? Yeah. And I was like, who is this guy? And and he was so fast. He he got up and down the floor so quickly. And I was like, yo, this guy looks like he's supposed to be playing football. Yeah. But he's so quick. And then he did one of the smoothest layups I've ever seen anybody do. It was so unique. The guy guarding him did not even expect or know how to even guard what he had done. And I was like, who's this guy? And I just kept watching him from that moment on. And he just kept balling and balling and balling. And I was like, yo, I got to talk about this guy. And lo and behold now, He's he's uh, he's most improved player. I don't. I I haven't seen the only other guy to think of to compete with him would be Garland. Yeah, Gar- Garland would be the only other person that I could think of that I could nominate to be in that position uh, that I, could I, I challenge Garland because I, I I know who Garland is. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's yeah. the only that's the only reason. But yeah, like yeah. Yeah, this guy's just. Yeah, this guy's had a hell of a year, man. For sure, yeah, man. Most improved. Yeah, man. But that team as a whole is a bunch of just assassins, man. Yeah, actually, one other guy I would nominate, Jordan Poole. I would, I yeah. would nominate Poole. Yeah, yeah. Poole's had a yeah. hell of a year, man. Yeah, yeah, he's been. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Poole looks like a bona fide star, man. Yeah, like. Poole's had a hell of a season, man. Compared to where he was last year, to how he played this year, even recently when Steph was out, Poole was balling, man. Like yeah. I got it. I I would put Poole in that conversation too. He wouldn't win it over Baines for me, but Poole's gonna get a bag when his turn comes up. I'll tell you that much. Man. Yeah. So if I'm like if I'm an NBA team and I'm, I have to look at him and be like, Nah, we're gonna go after this the right way. You know what I mean? Mm. And mm-hmm. enough, enough of this foolishness, and that's why I think, like, long term going forward, the 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 Oklahoma City Thunders, those teams are going to be scary. Mm-hmm. Those teams are going to be scary mm-hmm. going forward. You know what I mean? 
Because all you're really doing is giving those guys time to develop. You're giving them time to to mature, get out there, get some reps in. You know what I mean? Play. Yep. And you have a young guy like like a Shea Gilgis Alexander who's really, really good. And then but you there's start another guy that's nice on their team too. Did I he? just uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was a good I love that draft pick when I seen it. That guy, Josh Giddy is his name, right? Yeah. Is it is it Josh? Yeah. Buddy. That guy is really good, buddy. Yeah. Like, I mean, I was watching him play and I was like, yo, you can't you like he's a problem every yeah. time you're guarding him. He doesn't look like he should be, but I'm watching his game and I'm like he looks like one of those guys that came from Europe. You know what I mean? He might not have. I think he came up no, NCAA. He came from Australia. But, oh, there you go. Yeah. Basically, yeah, like he, international. He was the rookie rookie of the year in the same league LaMelo was after LaMelo. Okay. Because yeah. he has a different style like that he plays with. That I'm yeah. like, it's, it looks international, but he just is a problem, man. Yeah. I really think he... I'm not gonna lie to you. I like Gildress, but I think he's the guy that you don't want to deal with the most on that team. Like he is really good, man. Yeah, yeah. I like that. And then the next guy, he should. There's a next. What's his name? Man? He looks like he should be playing football. You, you like for real? Like football? Like he is strong, man. I, I'm gonna look up there. I'm gonna look up their roster right now. But like. The, this guy is crazy. You know him too, man. I just his name is not clicking right now for me, but he is really, really freaking good, man. I'm gonna find him right now. I know, <laughs> yo. I I don't like missing guys' names. You know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah, like I I really do think that that team is is going to be something because of yeah. just what these what what teams are like, dork. Lou Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Dorr from, from, from Canada, yeah. Yes. Yeah. That, you seen that guy's frame? You should have seen him in high school. <laughs> you imagine that guy running up and down the court with kids, bro. Like, Yo. <laughs> yeah. That guy should be playing football, man. Yeah, that guy. Like, he is solid, bro. Yeah. yeah. But he can play, though, too, though. Like, he has. He can really, really play, man. Yeah. And then Trey Mann is nice, too. Yeah. Yeah, they're gonna be good. Yeah, they, <laughs> they they're gonna be like, and that's where I'm like, team teams in the NBA don't realize what they've done. You know what I mean? The Houston's, the you know what I mean? The the Lakers, all all of these big name teams who've done some crazy things. Like I I think Philly has a great future because they still have Maxi and they still have certain assets to go along with, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like mm-hmm. there, there's something to be said from. Cultivating talent, cultivating skills, coach, great coaching, great development, all of that stuff. Because then you could have this long, prolonged success in a place yeah. that's never had it. Why not have 15 years straight of going to the playoffs? That means something, conference finals or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm going to give all of that up to have one championship and flipping 14 losing seasons. That makes no sense. And a, and a bad coach. Yeah. Me, that's the part yeah. that is the real. I've never seen the again. Knicks the can't team, survive it. But <laughs> boy, I was watching LeBron and Westbrook arguing with fans, their own fans. <laughs> that was the lowest point in Laker history. 
I've never seen anything like you're arguing with your own fans. Like, really, like, yo, like, yo, telling them to shut up and sit down and, like, it's a real thing going on here. Yeah. I've never seen nothing like that. Only Randall recently, Julius Randall's situation with the thumbs down thing, but that still wasn't as bad. No. Like, you guys are on camera arguing with fans. Yeah. Their own fans in a home game. That's crazy. You know what I mean? Like, that's crazy. And and Laker fans are not even like that. No. So the fact that they had to voice their displeasure to that degree, it's just, it's, it's, it's scary. And it, uh, again, I, for somebody like myself who can honestly say I was able to witness Reggie Miller and the back and forth with, Reggie and the Pacers and the Knicks and the Bulls and just the rivalries and how much the fan I seen Philly when Iverson was playing there. You know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah. I know I know what general general excitement looks like. Yeah. I watched Vince Carter play. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I've seen I seen Portland Trailblazers with Rasheed Wallace yeah. there. You know what I mean? They're battling against the Lakers. I seen Sacramento with Jason Williams and Weber yeah. and Mike Bibby and Devox when they're battling the Lakers and Robert Ori hit that shot to save the whole season. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I seen that. I seen what rivalries look like. I seen what general excitement in the stands look like. Yeah. You don't have fans pouring popcorn on people. You know, they're so into the game. Yeah. Now it's like guys are bored. It's like watching a baseball game. You know what I'm saying? Like, because these guys aren't even playing hard to the fourth quarter. Yeah. And most of them don't care. Half of the guys are sitting out. Braun is in the corner and his joggers cracking jokes. You know what I mean? Distracting the rest of the squad. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like, I got to be honest. Like, I'm like, bro, if I'm the coach, I'm like, Braun, you can't. It's like classroom, right? You're, you're distracting the man. You know what I mean? Sit over, you know what I mean? Like just sit in the stands, like yeah. with the fans. Like, you know it's what I mean? Real old school stuff. It's like when I was watching yeah. the show and the man said, "Yo, that's a close practice." And Jerry West is like, "Oh yeah, he's a gay." Yeah, the door is over there still. <laughs> you know <laughs> like i don't want no distraction happening in here you know what i mean like some real buddy like keep it moving you know what i mean yeah yeah i need that i need to see that again it's 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 showing yeah you know what i mean like it's showing man i remember that's why i was like yeah i don't want if i'm a gm i don't want carmelo in my team you know what i'm saying like but it was the truth like at the time i was like when I see <laughs> when Houston let Carmelo Anthony go in like two weeks, I was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, yo, this is the lowest point in the man's career. So two weeks, like, <laughs> no, nah, yeah, just take the money. No. Nah. Like, like, Bob doesn't work no more. <laughs> But I saw, I understood it. I was like, bro, you're, 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 it's rubbing off. You know what I'm saying? Like you're, you're, you're rubbing off on the kids, man. It's not good. And I think Melo got the message though. You yeah. know what I mean? I, I think it, I think he needed that because yeah. then it made him better when he played at Portland. Now it looks like 
the Lakers was the worst decision he could have made. He should have, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, bro. He should have went anywhere else. He should have joined the Grizzlies. Somebody, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, like that's why I rate what Carter did when he when he went to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And he, even though even though he knew he wasn't gonna get a chip, he just liked the environment. He liked the young talent, and he wanted to be a part of cultivating it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you made so much money already. If you're gonna keep playing, play because you really are inspired, and it's and that energy is is keeping you young and keeping you motivated. Don't go to a place with a bunch of guys that don't care. You know what I mean? Now you're re- you might as well retire now. Now it's over. Now Carmelo. It was a waste of a year. <laughs> if I'm Carmelo, I'm like, what did I even come here for? You know what I mean? Like, really, you fought so hard to get back in the league, and then this is how it ends. Yeah. Well, yeah. That was a, like, and that's the and that's the tough part about the league. Everybody thought it was a 100 percent for sure thing. It's a for sure thing. You know what I mean? What could go wrong? <laughs> 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 yeah. This is like yeah, everything. that reminded me of the Simpsons. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the Jurassic Park one. Was like nothing could possibly go wrong. <laughs> yeah. Everything went wrong. You know what I mean? Like everything. But yeah, that's it. What could go wrong? Everything could go wrong. Yeah, you know? yeah. So to 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 look forward to the playoffs and the play-ins. You know what I mean? Before we go, I'm gonna ask you. I'm gonna ask you two questions. Well, it's, it's it's gonna be based on the same thing, but it's basically like um, the plans are basically set. You got um, the seven eight matchup in the East where you got um, Brooklyn versus Cleveland, and then you have the nine ten where you have um, uh, Atlanta Charlotte, versus Charlotte, Atlanta. right? Mm-hmm. So who do you think is gonna win? Who do you think is who think who do you think gets into the playoffs? In the those East? gonna be some good. Those gonna be some good freaking games, man. I think I think Cleveland and Brooklyn probably. Well, mm, again, Atlanta's playing good, man. Charlotte's playing good too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Like I don't even know. Like I think Cleveland is the one that should be the most scared. I'll say that. You yeah, know what I mean? They so. have they have the most to lose. I think so. Because all three of those teams around them are playing well right now. Yeah. Yeah, Brooklyn's playing well, Charlotte's playing well, and Atlanta's playing well. Yeah, and they all have stars. Yeah, you know what I mean. So any given day, if they come out hot, it could be a long friggin' night, man. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I think Brooklyn and Brooklyn's serious. They look like they're not playing around anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so I think they get the seven probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean. And then I think, I think. I don't know, man. Like I, I, th- I don't. I'm rooting for Cleveland because it's just unfair. It's not fair, you know. What I'm like this is just not fair. Like how, how are you guys the one that might not get in? <laughs> it's not. So I want to root for Cleveland just because, you know what I mean. But I'm not gonna lie to you. Something keeps making me think Atlanta gets in. I think so. I think so. You know what I mean? Brooklyn and Atlanta. That's what I. That's what comes to mind. Like, but that just sucks. You know what I mean for Cleveland? Like, it's just unfair. They gotta change these these rules. It's just not. It, this isn't right. You know what I mean? Like, I hope Garland just gets upset and just goes off. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Because that's just not right. Cleveland's had a great season, man. Like, Cleveland is, is, is one of the most... Is, to be honest, I think Cleveland might be the biggest surprise. I think so. Obviously, Memphis being as high as they are is a surprise. Yeah. But nobody saw Cleveland coming into this season. Hell no. Nobody. You know, the Bulls are kind of back to earth. Yeah. I think the loss of Lonzo Ball has yeah, really man, hurt them, man. Of course. Like, bad. Like, I think, I think more than they realize. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, and then also I think the success of DeMar DeRozan hurt them. Mm-hmm. I don't, in my opinion, I was always of the mindset that Zach Levine was the guy yeah. that they needed, that he was the guy that was supposed to carry them. He had the, he has the highest upside, et cetera. And I think because of DeRozan's run, yeah. he started to cater to DeRozan. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he was allowing DeRozan to take over. And then the, the whole character and flow of their offense started to revolve around DeRozan, which meant it started getting slow. It yeah. started getting stagnant, and everyone was just watching DeRozan go to work at the elbow, yeah. right? And I just don't think that's what made the Bulls what they were. It was Lonzo getting the ball, outletting it. They were running. They were shooting threes. Yeah. Everyone was involved. It was, a, it was a, you know, a fun it's almost like what LaMelo has done with Charlotte. Yeah. You know what I mean? Very similar. They, those two have almost identical games. Yeah. So I think once everything started becoming so half-court oriented and sit and watch DeMar isolate, it changed their whole culture. And I think now Levine and Levine's had some injuries. So I just think the Bulls now, they don't look the same anymore. Mm-hmm. You know? So, so I think... The, yeah, sorry. Yeah. So what? No, no, no. Yeah, I, 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 one hundred percent hear you. You know what I mean? I would have yeah. said that yeah. team, a couple, maybe a month or so ago, was was a dangerous team. But I think Chicago just, I think they just, yeah, I think they're yeah. done. But um, they don't, they don't look the same anymore. Yeah, but I do think, I do think Brooklyn, Atlanta, for me too. But um, yeah. Switching yeah. to the switching to the West, you got uh Minnesota Clippers. As a seven eights, and then you have uh, the Pelicans and the Spurs. Who gets in? I think it stays as it is. Mm. I think I think Minnesota and the Clippers stay in. Yeah, yeah. My opinion. I think I think I think I think Minnesota beats the Clippers, and then the Clippers beat um, the Pelicans probably. I think the Clippers beat Minnesota. You think so? Yeah. I don't know, man. Minnesota's good, man. They got they got some real talent, man. Yeah, but them guys are those guys are dogs over there in like in LA, bro. There's some dogs over there still. Yeah, I'm gonna watch for that one. I think if Edwards has if Edwards starts off good, I think Minnesota pulls it up. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Edwards is something. <clears throat> Like that guy forty nine the other day. Like, yeah, he, he, you know, Edwards is the one that you have. To, it's up to him. I yeah. think he's the one that can make Minnesota a real threat if he has the desire to be that guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because Cat is there. He's there. He's a good complimentary guy. He, you know, Anthony Davis like. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. And then you still have Russell running around. You have Pat Beverly there. He's a dog. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think it's it's Edwards. It's it's all Edwards, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. You know. No, one hundred percent. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think we. I think we. Yeah. I think we hit it. Yeah. 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 I do. I think this one was fun. You know. Yeah. Let's let let's do it here. Yeah. Let's leave it here. Huh? Then let's leave it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know. Thank you guys again for tuning in to another episode of the Ballers Edition podcast. It's always my pleasure and peace. Peace.